We pick up on that weird sailboat in the middle of a sandstorm. Mutt has been thrown overboard. Flint and their sailor friend try to rescue him. Side note, every time I write shipwreck, my fingers type shore leave. This is a real problem, and it's why I keep calling him the sailor, just to keep things clear for me. Mutt is successfully rescued using a small garden implement, which, given that this was our big cliffhanger last episode, is a bit anticlimactic. He'll fight for freedom with a tiny beach shovel. G.I. Joe is there! They wait out the storm, then head out. Thrusters on! <laughs> Thrusters. Meanwhile, at Cobra HQ, Cobra Commander sends Zartan and the Baroness to the Island of No Return to find the first piece of the Weather Dominator. Wait, but the Baroness is going to return, right? I didn't sign on for a show with no Baroness. Let's be clear here. G.I. Joe is here! That's not exactly how the song goes, dear, but I forgive you. So yeah, the Joes are also heading for this so-called Island of No Return. Some stuff blows up and a team back at headquarters cheers as they watch Cobra guys drown. No, seriously. Cobra and the Joes deploy teams to the second site, the Palace of Doom. Man, these things fell to some pretty ominous-sounding places. Except that the third, the laser core they stole back in part one, is in... the mountains. That's all just the mountains. Seriously, did you guys miss the whole pattern here? Couldn't it be at the peak of precipitous falling or Mount Murder Kill or something? Then someone breaks into G.I. Joe HQ and sets off the rarely heard British butler alarm. Intruder alert. Intruder alert. Oh, it's just Flint, Mutt, Junkyard, and... Shipwreck. Who joins the highly elite special mission force pretty much by hitting on Lady J and then squeezing in next to her in a jet. Meanwhile, Roadblock, remember Roadblock? Faces his deadliest foe yet, a couple of panthers. Or tigers. Mountain lions? I don't know, some kind of ferocious beast that Apple named an operating system after. And for some reason, the music plays the Cobra theme while they chase him. So I guess they're bad guys? He takes a flying leap and lands on a conveniently passing Cobra convoy. Man, this miniseries is lousy with convoys. Inside a truck that looks suspiciously like a certain idiotic Autobot leader, he finds a cowgirl all tied up. Uh, good night, everybody. Let's see what the Joes and Cobras are up to at the island of almost certain impending death. Oh, red lasers and blue lasers. Well, everything checks out here. At the palace of you might want to get that lump checked, Major Blood laughs maniacally at the prospect of having to do what he was told. For some reason. The Joes parachute in, and soon it's blue lasers and red lasers again. Well done, guys. Also, Gung Ho is here, despite the fact that Flint thought he was supposed to stay behind. But Flint just shrugs it off. That's some top-notch leadership there, guy. Back at the island, both sides face what the Baroness calls a whirlpool, but Torpedo shoots it and it stops. Incidentally, Wild Bill addresses Torpedo with the nickname Pedo, which, all things considered, might not be the very best choice for a commando name. Then a Native American boogie boards to the island with his pet eagle. Back at the palace, the Joes pick up the weather fragment and wake an angry Aztec god. No, seriously, it breathes fire and everything. Fortunately, the Cobra has brought along a giant walking cobra snake thing to defend them. I think it's meant to be a robot, but it sure sounds like a monster. Could this episode get any more bug nuts insane? Why, yes, it could. Since Snake Eyes is still a prisoner in the arena of sport, the Cobra Ninja Storm Shadow must fight Spirit, that boogie boarding dude I mentioned a minute ago. Sure, that makes sense. American Indian is a valid substitute for Ninja, I guess. I'd like to tell you what happened in the next five or so minutes, but seriously, I just sat here with my mouth hanging open, dumbfounded. Ninjas versus Indians, Aztec gods versus snake robots, Flint comparing an earthquake to a ten-cent milkshake. What is happening? The story ends with Major Blood making off with the weather fragment. Also, two Joes, Gung Ho and the other guy, plummet to their apparent doom. 
You know the guy I mean. He wears a little white hat and sounds kind of like Jack Nicholson. Sphinx! 